What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Bobby Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with the right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the... You know what? (laughs) It's only game. Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Home run pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer... To the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. Good morning, everyone. It is time for the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie Sports Power Talk. I am your host, the man with the mullet, Alex Henry, back behind the hosting chair to my left, the biggest Zips fan I know. Rep it. What are we repping, Pat? The the Guardians. Little Andres Jimenez. Little Guardians jersey. Pat Weber. Pat, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Alex? I'm I'm doing great, Pat. I'm doing great. To my right, another very very drippy person, the drippiest poet I know, probably. (laughs) Marcus Anderson. Marcus repping repping the Ohio State. Oh nah, repping the Steve Young starter brand jersey. Oh yeah, I'm in my Niners gear, man. Not Niners all the way. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Uh, well, let's get into today's show. It's a big one because the sports world, it's pretty crazy right now, gentlemen. There's a lot a lot to talk about, and we, we're going to talk about it. So let's start it off with our Zips and recapping the Zips men's basketball team. First <coughs> off, the Zips played Bowling Green on Tuesday where they were able to get a win, 74 to 70. Pat, I'll give it to you first. What did you take away from this game? Honestly, I was a little disappointed. Um, I know this was X's first game back uh, after a few weeks off with an injury. Um, we did only win by four against a team that I don't think we should have struggled with at all. Um, they actually beat us in almost every single category. They shot significantly better than us from the field. We only shot 40% from uh, two and 36.7 from three, and they shot 49.1% from the field and 47.6% from three. So they beat us out there. Honestly, the only thing that gave us an edge was we made one more three-pointer than they did, and that's ultimately what uh, gave us the win. But I was just disappointed to see that we're struggling against a team that we should not be struggling against because Bowling Green, they're not the best basketball program in the MAC at all. They are 8-8, eight and eight, and I don't think that we should have really been struggling with a program like that at this stage in the season. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Marcus? Yeah, it was disappointing to see him keep it close like that with such a just an average at best team in the Bowling Green Falcons. I mean, it, it was great to have Xavier back. I mean, I think that was a missing piece we needed. I mean, with him just coming back from injury and also with Garvey Clark coming back, it's just that 
it's always been like this with the aggressives. No matter how inferior the opponent may be, they always keep it close. They always keep it tight. It's just, I guess, they still trying to find themselves. They still trying to, they still in search of identity and trying to figure out who they really are, where their tendencies ought to be, and they still try to figure out. But they better figure out fast because it's like. When you're in the comp, when you're in conference play, there's no weak opponents. Everybody is equal, sure. and they didn't find that out really quick. There is, you know, some bright thing to come out of the game. I'm surprised neither of you mentioned, but I will bring it up. Is the Sammy Hunter guy uh, that we have? He's actually decided to play uh, since this game. He had 19 points, and uh, it was kind of nice to see him get some points. A guy that size, I'd like, you know, maybe a little more than three rebounds a game. Uh, but if he can give me 19 points, I'm not too upset about that. Pat, what do you what do you think about Sammy Hunter? I was honestly very surprised about this. Now, when we brought Sammy Hunter into the program uh, this season, it wasn't for his scoring at all. It was mainly for his defensive abilities and his si- uh, size and height. But he came out also under his firing as Bowling Green, getting those 19 points and looking forward a little bit to the next game following when we played Eastern Michigan he got 13, 13 shooting very efficiently from the floor and and all games leading up to that the previous three against Ball State NIU and um let me see here but no he, he only had he was averaging only three points a game the past like three games yes and he came out of nowhere got 19 got 13 um I, I'm impressed. Very impressed. Like I said, he, he's not known for his offensive ability. That's not why we got him. And he has been shooting the lights out the past few games. I'm hoping he can keep that going because, you know, if he can give us what he's given us right now, that might be able to fill the hole that we're missing with that consistency on the team because his 19 points made literally the entire difference of the game coming off the bench. Yeah, no, it did. And when I'm at the jar, you know, us Zip students, we get there early. And when he comes out, he's always warming up three-pointers. Dude's always warming up, shooting threes. And I'm like, why is this big dude out here shooting threes? Well, now he's eventually, you know, finally showing me why he does these warm-ups. He's finally making shots. Pat, you mentioned Friday's game versus the Eastern Michigan Eagles, where the Zips won 67 to 104. We put 100 on them. Marcus, (laughs) I'll give it to you this time first. What did you think about this very dominant win versus Eastern Michigan. Now, this is exactly the kind of Zips team that we actually expect, that I expect every night in and out. And it's just that it was just complete team chemistry among the team, and this is how they should be playing. And like like you said, Pat, it's just Sammy had, had a great night, 13 points. He was just making it rain from the three-point area. Him, Trenton Henderson, and Hankerson. Hankerson. Hankerson, he's got that He's just an archer behind the three-point line. Yeah, he just Hank Hankerson also with Tavari Johnson. They got they got plenty of years of success with this young man right here. I mean, he's only a freshman and he's like not even old enough to enter into a bar and he's already just balling out for the aggressives. <laughs> <laughs> enter a bar legally and he's balling out for the aggressives. It's just they got a great future with this young man right here. But overall, with the team success, it was great to have Garvin back. And it's just going to add another dimension with us. And it's just make us, hopefully make us more dominant with Xavier coming back too. And we just got, it seemed like we just got to become a flashy for next team, just like the Phoenix Phoenix Suns pretty much. Mm. Pat? Yeah, I mean, it was a simply fantastic win. And we all knew 
the big, big name of the Eastern Michigan team who everyone was looking forward to watching him play, Imani Bates, and he only went one for 12 for three points. This is the same player that is aver- was averaging before this game over 20 points per game for this Eastern Michigan squad, and he came in and only got one bucket on us the entire game. Our entire starting lineup was in double digits by the end of the game. What more can you say? This this game right here shows the complete use of all of our weapons on the court. This shows a complete, just utter dominant win over an opponent in the MAC. We're proving that, hey, guess what? You're in the MAC. We're in the MAC. You know, Marcus, like you were saying, it's conference play. Everybody's equal when you're going into every game, and we just proved that we're one of the best teams in this conference, and we will continue to be that way for years to come because we haven't put up 100 one time this year, like not even against the D3 schools that we were playing early in the season. Didn't get 100 points on them, and then we got 100 points on Eastern Michigan. Right. What more can you say? It was a fantastic win. It, was, it truly was, and honestly, it's not even the 104 that I'm really happy about. It's just seeing the entire team play very well together. I mean, Sammy Hunter, 13. Freeman, 20. Hankerson, 14. Greg, uh, 10. Xavier, 23. Even guys like uh, Amani Lyles, 10 points. Yeah, every everybody was contributing their piece, and it was That's just huge. It was it was incredible. Not to mention that it was one of the bigger crowds that we've had at the Jar and in, in quite some time. Other than you know when we play Kent State, but that's because those games typically sell out. Because I mean, who doesn't want to watch a good old Akron Kent game? But no, it was a very good crowd. The atmosphere was electric. I mean, we shut down one of the number one prospects in the nation. Yep. That night, and it was just unreal to watch. I didn't think we would hit the 100-point mark at this point in the season at all since, you know, normally you only hit the 100-point mark when you play the, uh, like I said, the D3 or the lower-end schools. And we managed to put them up on somebody in our conference, somebody that, you know, we do have to compete against no matter what their record shows. We are competing against them for a shot at the MAC championship at some point. So just going in and handling business like we did, it was simply incredible. Yeah. Let's get into some predictions for the Zips men's team this week. Uh, they go to Central Michigan on Tuesday, play at 7. I'll give it to you first, Marcus. Who's going to win this Akron Zips game? Oh, the Akron Zips is in the same similar fashion they did to the Eagles from Eastern Michigan and should be similar fashion. Pat? You know I'm going to give it to the Zips here. As long as we continue to perform like how we have been, there's nobody that can stop us at this point. We are just clicking so well as a team. I think we finally found the chemistry that we've been searching for all season long. We're finally getting the proper rotation, the good starting five, and we know what we're doing. And I don't see anybody stopping us at this point. Give me the zips. Sure. I mean, the ball is finally rolling, right? It really is. And I, I know that like in the beginning of the season, we were struggling a little bit because we were lacking that key, consistent player where we had Ali Ali last year. And I even said, you know, missing him, missing his size, missing his athletic ability, missing his shooting, you know, because regardless, I mean, other than, you know, in the tournaments and whatever, when he didn't perform as well, but in regular season play, he was getting us on average, you know, a good 14 points, 15 points a game, and that's exactly what we needed. And we're finally starting to get everybody contributing again, where it's not just Enrique and Xavier all the time. We're starting to get everybody to roll. We're finally getting those gaps filled where, you know, like I said, Ali Ali, when he transferred, where he left these gaps, they're starting to close, and like you said, the ball is finally rolling, and we look like the hottest team in the NCAA right now. Right, and Marcus, you you called them the Phoenix Suns. 
I would more compare the Zips to the current Brooklyn Nets in 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 the fact that they have talent. Sure, maybe not a Kyrie or a, a Kevin Durant, but they have these guys. And like to your point, Pat, instead of building an entire team around an Ali Ali and then having your role players outside, now everybody finally knows their role. And they're all playing that role. At least so it seems. If that keeps on going, this is a very dangerous team. I'm also going to take the Zips in this win uh, as well. And then Saturday... The men's team will go on, still up in Michigan at Western Michigan. Marcus, who's winning this game? Oh, the Akron Zips. They just got to roll from here on out. Pat? I, I completely agree. Um, taking a look at our schedule for the remainder of the month, I only realistically see one game that might be close, and that's a might, and that's uh, Saturday the 28th game against OU. That's mm-hmm. the only game that I see us even having – any problems with coming up. I mean, we're so dominant right now at this point in the season, especially, like I said, we just shut down the num- one of the number one prospects in the nation. Shut him down, held him to three points. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it, didn't mat- like, it doesn't matter because Eastern Michigan, they're not a very good program at all, but Imani Bates, like I said, was, he was still averaging over 20 points per game before he came here. Mm-hmm. Now that's dropped because he only got those three points. And like I said, if we can do that and we can handle that, that, that level of star power, there's nobody that can stop us at all. I'm taking the zips again. Taking the zips. I'm also taking the zips. Also, you know, just in terms of, yes, our team's finally clicking, but even our team three weeks ago, when we're not clicking, should be able to beat both of these teams, right? Absolutely. I mean, all the teams up in Michigan and the MAC, they're not exactly the best in basketball. Mm -mm. That falls more on our side. I, I mean, I've said it for a while, the East... Uh, the MAC East is significantly stronger in basketball than it is in football, and the MAC West is significantly stronger in football than it is in basketball. And this just kind of proves it. I mean, you're looking at these schools like Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan, Western Michigan. They all made bowl games, except for Central Michigan, I believe. And they all played very well in their bowl games in football. And then you go over to basketball, they're not as good. Their records are struggling. Basketball, is, that we're a basketball school. What more can we say? Yep. We're not going to lose out the entire rest of the month. I can almost guarantee it. That is that. That's exciting. I like I like the exciting words from Pat Marcus. Let's talk about the ladies' uh, Zips basketball team. Twelve and three, coming off a loss to Bowling Green yesterday, seventy one sixty six. Any takeaways <laughs> from this game, Marcus? Yeah, I would say. I mean. The girls put in a fight. I mean, they kept the lead for the first three quarters, and then somehow they were just blazing it. I mean, with Molly Molly Netzel just just being the chairwoman of the boards, just dominating on the boards. Her and Reagan Bass, they were just dominating on the scoreboard. And then with Rachel Morindell reigning from the three-point area, Lane Farrell have a, have a game of games as usual. They were just – they were just – they were just keeping it up the first three quarters, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, it's just the foul. Bowling Green. Yeah, yep. Bowling Green foul because they just turned it up. It seemed like they almost gave it away. They just fired up. They just found the fire inside them, and it's just that they should have won this game. They should have won this game. This was the game to decide who was really the best team in the MAC Conference, and it's just like the Bowling Green Falcons proved it. The Aggressives missed the opportunity and just – but there's still a lot of conference play to go. They're going to see them again. They're going to see each other again. For sure. You know how, like, in football, Ohio State's rival 
is Michigan. It's always Michigan. Ohio State versus Michigan. Always. But Penn State, they just really don't like Ohio State. And every time they play <laughs> Ohio State, they play like they're like we're their Michigan. You know, and they always have that fire light under them. That's Bowling Green versus Akron in any sport. I don't know what Akron did to Bowling Green, it's... but every time, it doesn't matter, football, basketball, soccer, men's, women's, does not matter. Bowling Green does not like the Akron Zips. Does anybody I know just, what this is? I just think it's because in the Tom Arth era, when we had those two stretches, uh, the two seasons where we only got one win each season, yeah. both of those wins were against the Bowling Green Falcons. Sure was. And both of those wins <laughs> were led by Zach Gibson, so I don't think they like us very much for that. But it is what it is. I mean, I completely agree. Bowling Green, they just really don't like us no. at all. I mean, it's nothing close to us and Kent, but no, they exactly. really don't. We, there's nothing we worry that can about Kent. Close. They worry about Akron. There, yeah, there's there's nothing that we. Like I guess there's nothing that uh, they have against like us at all. Like I, I don't know. Sure. It's just it's weird. It's a weird situation. But it is. It is interesting. They got I, their revenge a little bit in that game. But, sure. Do you have any takeaways from that game? Um, it was a very good game by the ladies. I'm. I mean, just the fourth quarter there is where it all kind of fell apart. They got outscored 31-13, to 13, and that's what ultimately led to the loss there. But, I mean, 12-3 and three is still a phenomenal record to have at this point in the season. But, I mean, it just shows you how stacked the MAC really is for women's basketball because the Zips are 12-3, and three and they're in fourth right now in the mm-hmm. MAC. So that's incredible. Like I said, it's nothing for them to be ashamed of at all. We know they're going to bounce back, and we know that they're going to win the MAC. So... Don't hang your heads. You're going to bounce back. You guys are going to finish out the season strong. I know they will. Yeah, I agree. And the one thing that I'll give you know the women's basketball team is they're very young still. A lot of young, lot of young girls on that team. Like they are going to be able to like get more experience this season, come back next season even better. But the season's not over. Like you said, Pat, this this loss is nothing to hang your head about. We still have a real chance uh, at the MAC uh, come tournament time. Let's preview their games this week. They also are going to play Central Michigan Wednesday at 7. Who do we guys have here? Oh, yeah, Akron Zips. It's going to be a bounce-back win. I, I think these ladies can bounce back and go on to win the MAC. Pat? Give me the Zips in this one. I don't think anybody's going to stop them for the rest of the season. And I will also take the Zips. This was one little hiccup. And now on, we're just going off. I want to go back to the Zips men's team one more time because, Pat, you mentioned the rankings for the girls' team, that they're fourth in the MAC. The Zips are third in the MAC. I just want to ask you guys a simple question. Can the Zips win the MAC? Not not the MAC championship necessarily, just number one, end of the season play. And regular season play, no. No, we can't. Um, I love the Zips, and as much as I hate to admit it, Kent State is just better than us this season. They haven't lost a game in the conference play. Uh, teams that we struggled against, they also played. They have blown out of the water. It doesn't look like anybody can really stop the Golden Flash. Now, again, in two weeks when that game comes up, when they do come here to Akron, when they do play us on our home turf, that game will kind of determine how I feel at that point. Um, but at this point in the season, I really don't see any way that Kent State blows this uh, for the rest of the season. I do think we'll finish second. Um, which is still very, very good. Um, and then we'll handle our business in the MAC tournament as per usual. But um, regular season, no. Regular season, it's, it's going to be Kent State all the way, I think. Marcus, I got to say, hearing that from Pat is a little discouraging because Pat is the biggest Zips fan I know. So if Pat's telling me they're not going to win, that means a lot to me. But your opinion still matters. <clears throat> 
just as much as Pats. What do you think? Oh, I I agree. It's just that we can't say the way they're they've been playing all season long is just, even though Akron says maybe gaining momentum. I say no. It's just for Kansas State to keep it tight with teams like Gonzaga and also Houston, almost pulling pulling off upsets against big time teams in the NCAA, and then with. Di- we're reigning conference player of the year, Denzel Curry. I mean, Denzel. <laughs> not the rapper, not the rapper. But you know what I mean. Yeah. No, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's just Denzel Carey, Carey. That's his name, Carey. <laughs> but just have another spectacular year. But overall, this Kent State Golden Flash team is just, they they got all but it taste. They got everything in taste to win the conference. For sure. I... I also do not like to admit it, but it, it's kind of true. Does this mean that I don't think the Zips can beat Kent State in regular season? No. I think we can because that's a different game. But in, just in terms of rankings and where we'll end up sitting at the end of the regular season, Kent State's good. I, I think we'll finish either third or second. This yeah. year, a little bit better than last year. Last year we were the four seed going into the tournament. But, I mean, like I said, it, it all comes down to the MAC tournament. It doesn't matter where you finish in the regular season. Cool, you can win the MAC regular season. But it all matters how you play in that tournament. And last season, we were the exact definition of it only matters how you play in the tournament. Because, like I said, we went in there as the four seed. We were expected to lose first round. And we went in and we handled our business. And we handled the rest of the tournament ever since then. I mean, like I said, it, it all comes just down to that. But I'm really hoping that when the Golden Flash come here in a few weeks that we'll actually be able to take them down. Uh, I do remember what they did to us last year uh, when they beat us. Um, again, I, the referee, I don't know how he missed that blatant, blatant foul on X, but we know what happened. We know how their players sure. act. We know how their culture is towards us. I know at least personally as a student and as a fan of the Zips, I still have a grudge for that. I still have a grudge for how they how they treated us students and everything. I, I know that you know we were, we were, um, we were talking a lot. We were trash talking their as, team a lot. As we do, as we but do. That's part of being a student athlete. Mm. At the end of the day, that's part of being an athlete in general. You know, people are going to talk trash to you. You know, they're going to try to get you riled up. Um, but what they did to us, where they came over and, and everything that happened after the game, I still hold a grudge. So I want us to go out there. I want us to beat them, beat them good. Let them know that hey, you might have beat us last year, but this is still our home court. This is our home turf. Don't think you're going to get an easy way in and out the Mac. Yeah, I agree. Quickly, before we go into break, I do want to touch on those good old Horn Frogs that had quite the game versus the Bulldogs in the National Championship for college football where the Bulldogs were able to win 65-7. to Quickly, give me your guys' thoughts on this National Championship. A National Championship game that was sixty five seven with TCU in it. Just give me your guys' thoughts on that game. Jeez, was I watching Ohio State Akron <laughs> again or what? Like, <laughs> yeah, my God, I, that's actually the reason I'm I'm up here right now because I would like to apologize. So I had a take uh, a few weeks ago that I said the Horn Frogs would win the national championship and surprise everybody. <laughs> um, I would like to apologize for that because in no way, shape, or form they even come close. The closest that game was was ten points, and that was about. Eight minutes into the game. <laughs> into the game. Eight minutes into the game, and that was it. It was embarrassing. I mean, TCU might have just sealed the fate of every single team that's not in the Big Ten or SEC if they want to go to the national championship. Sure. They might have just sold that. Like how Cincinnati sold anybody who's not a Power Five, TCU just sold anybody who's not Big Ten or SEC. 
Marcus. <clears throat> I gotta say that was just a sleeping pill of a game. I I went, <laughs> I went to bed early and just uh, for a moment there, I had faith for TCU. And <laughs> I see so many memes. And the funniest one was using one with Tyra Banks like yelling at the <laughs> Tyra Banks yelling at one of the Project Runway models, and it was like we was all rude for you. How dare you? That's how the whole college football world was with TCU. We was all rooting for you, sure. and you blew it. Like, you was our Cinderella. Like, we was rooting for you to be the underdog. <laughs> yep. Like, we, I had Corinne, Corinne Johnson as the best wide receiver in the draft. I was about to say that after what he did to Michigan. And then Max Duggan, I was giving him praise. Like, he should have been the real Heisman. I seen what they did to Michigan. I thought they was going to do the same thing to Georgia and see what O-State did to Georgia, I thought there was going to be an upset on the underway, but instead I get this. Right. <laughs> but yeah, check out our meme. It's just, it's like, <laughs> we was all booed for you. How dare you? No. Yeah, definitely. It, it was just dominance yeah, by but, Georgia. I mean, TC finished the game with 188 total yards of offense, and Georgia finished with 589. Rough. Like, I'm not even kidding when I say this. The Akron Zips played better against Ohio State than TCU did against Georgia. In in the national championship. In the national championship. And we're the Akron Zips, and we were playing the Ohio, Ohio State, State Buckeyes. Buckeyes, and we did better. Honestly, it should have been Georgia-Ohio State in the national championship. Sure. That's what it should have been. It should have been. Looking it, back on this, if you're an Ohio State fan, I would be f- even more furious with Noah Ruggles because this was your national championship, and, uh, yeah, he blew it. Yeah. But yikes. Well, we'll leave <laughs> you guys with that and Marcus's meme. When we're back, we're going to get into some more basketball right here on Sports Power Talk. And just like that, we are back. Sports Power Talk, the number one sports talk show in the world here on 88.1. I am your host once again, the man with the mullet. Usually not the host, usually on the other side of the board, but just just turns out that today this is where I get to sit. Alex Henry, I am joined with the man in all the Guardians gear, the Big Zips fan. Pat Weber. And I am also joined by Marcus Anderson. And boys, we've been talking about basketball. We talked about a little hiccup in the college football world. Hopefully I'll never have to talk about it again <laughs> unless if I'm, like, making jokes about it because uh, it was so, so sad. Let's talk about the Cavs, and a basketball team that's really, really good, a team that I love to cover. And we'll start it off with their game versus the Jazz uh, where they lost 114-116. to 116. Marcus, I'll give it to you first. What did you take away from this game? I mean, obviously, uh, Donovan Mitchell was the big story in this one. I mean, he had he had a great homecoming game. This was a great homecoming game for him, 46 points, almost a triple-double. But it's just that this was a defense that was once number one in the league and still somehow number one in the league with 106 points allowed per game. And they just been, over like the past nine or ten games, they've been allowing like not just 100 points, but more than 110 points. It's just this defense been falling off, and it's just they've been falling off the rails. And the Jazz, they just been turning up the whole game. And Laura Markham, he's just been the archer from the three-point line and also 
He just been archer from the three point line and just had, have a having himself an all star season. He's obviously the front runner for most approved player of the year. Yeah, I do want to ask, in case if you're not familiar, if you're a listener, with the term him, it just simply means very good. The man. The man. Is Jordan Clarkson him? No. 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 Because there's a lot of people that are really high. Are we all aware that a lot of people are really high on Jordan Clarkson? I understand the meme. Like, I I get the meme. Like, if you go and see, like, whenever there's, like, a fight on the court, he's, like, the first person trying to fight somebody. So I get it. But he's not that good. And when I look at this game, that game was won purely because the officiating in the NBA is so bad nowadays. (laughs) It is unreal. I mean, they added in a rule. To prevent what happened in this game from happening. Where, like, if you kick your leg out as a three-point shooter, you kick your leg out to draw a foul, the foul's on you. Well, Jordan Clarkson did that. They called the foul on Uh Karis LeVert instead, gave him an and one, and then the following play, Karis LeVert was purposely, like, not even putting his hands up. Just, like, he's like, I'm not even going to try. Clarkson fell over again, and they called a foul on Karis LeVert. Like I said, the officiating in the league is just so bad nowadays that, like, the referees probably don't even understand the own rules that they probably voted on. They don't even know at all. Like, and I'm never one. If you're an avid listener, you know I am never one to complain about the refs. However, that was a pretty bad call. It, it was I, I do agree with you guys. It was. It, I, I'm still an analyst. I still have to analyze the game. It was a bad call. That's yeah, what it was I, I'm looking at. It. We, we, it was a bad call. We were just the better team in this game. Yep. And the refs just handed it to the Jazz. We were the better team. We outperformed the Jazz significantly, and yet we couldn't walk away with the win because of that horrible officiating. Yeah, that was all afraid. So Jordan Clarkson is not him. Lauren Marketing is him. Whoever said, whoever said white man can't jump, they're wrong. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I've seen a lot of people calling Laurie Marketing white Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> he he is good. He is good. I'm I'm very happy to see that he is. Playing to the level that he is, yeah. You know, post post trade, like I, I'm very happy to see that he's finding success with a new team. Sure. Well, let's get into another Cavs game. Uh, Thursday, they went on to play the Portland Trail Blazers, and they were able to beat them 119 to 113. Marcus, any takeaways from this game? Uh, it was a good team performance, pretty sure much. Was. I mean, and then the offense has been improving uh, game by game, and been match up with the defense, but. Damian Lillard, like I said, with this defense, it's just him. You know, it is Damian Lillard, but still, it's supposed. This is supposedly the number one defense in the league, and usually they able to shut down superstars like him. Mm-hmm. But it's just this is deepest best falling off. But we still came out with the win. Now, I, I I will agree that we are, you know, usually shutting down the superstars. But to be honest, this year Damian Lillard has not been. The same Damian Lillard that we're used to watching. He's been underperforming significantly, and the Trailblazers' best player at this point was Jeremy Grant, who we did. He did score 22, but we did a better job stopping him. But I think that's what allowed Dame to go back to what he normally is and how he normally plays. Um, but it was just a really good game by the Cavs overall. I mean, all the starters found themselves in double digit points by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the only disappointment on on this entire stat sheet is probably Karis LeVert uh, only going two for seven, uh, only getting four points. But, you know, you can't do too much about that. Um, but no, it, was just, it was a purely dominant uh, win. Donovan Mitchell is continuously proving why he should be in the MVP race because he is 
literally carrying this team in like the most extreme moments. Yeah. It's fantastic. Also, something I thought we might mention, but we didn't, but it's okay. Ricky Rubio's back. Are we happy to see Ricky Rubio yes. back on the court? It, it should yes. give us a new dimension. It should yeah. spark some. And spark he, he did. He got he got nine points in those ten minutes he played. Yeah. When we played the Trailblazers, which you know only playing ten minutes, that's almost one point a minute. That's not bad. That's not bad at all, especially for one of your first games back after you know the level of injury that he sustained, and for him to come back and do that. I'm excited to get him back into the mix. Yeah, it's it's going to be a slow process, so I hope, you know, Cavs fans out there, if you're listening, that you're not, this Ricky Rubio guy, he's back. Why isn't he, why isn't he doing what he's supposed to do? Because it's not his time yet. This team's working good with what they have, and for us to just throw him in and ruin what we have right now wouldn't work. So we got to slowly build him back in to make us better, not just throw him in, bring us down, and build back up with him again. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, 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 for sure. And then finally, yesterday we took on the Minnesota Timberwolves, where mm. we lost one hundred two to one ten. Marcus, what do you think about this game? A very strange game. I mean, first off, letting um, Jerry, um, letting Jerry Allen be the leading scorer for our team with nineteen points. It's not the it's first a, time it's happened this season either. Like seriously, it's a strange game with that late gate, late game rally. So that's make us. Only two against the Minnesota Timberwolves, which obviously been one of the most disappointing teams this season, I would say. It's just we've been falling off, and we need to get back on track. I love every game, preferably when we lose, even though I don't like to see us lose. But every game that Jared Allen is a leading scorer for the Cavs, it gives me more reason to say, hey, guys, we need more shooters. Yeah. Why, why is this man making our shots? He He's great. Love that he gives me nineteen if we need it, but that's not that should not be his role. That should not be his role, and we can't always expect a guy like Donovan to be hot and a guy like Darius to be hot. So you know, for Jared Allen to be the one scoring those points, we're not going to win games like that, Pat. So we we honestly did a very good job of actually shutting down their star players. I mean, D'Angelo Russell only nine points, Rudy Gobert only six points, um, but where it killed us was Anthony Edwards, Walker with twenty six, and the bench. The bench for the Timberwolves killed us. Yeah. Their bench players, their role players showed up for a game. And that does happen frequently, and that's what you need to be careful of, especially with a team like the Timberwolves, where they aren't afraid to go and sub early and often. And they did. And that's why they bested us. And like you said, you can't rely on people like Donovan Mitchell to be hot all the time. I mean, yeah, this guy dropped 71 points. And then what do you do the next game? He slowed down a little. He still dropped 20 points. Yeah, But you can't expect him to consistently be dropping, you know, 40-plus points a game and 71 points. You can't expect that every game. And this is a game where he only scored 14 points. It happens. Mm -hmm. You can't rely on him all the time. But it it was a very disappointing loss. But I can't really, you know, complain too much. We are sitting at 27 and 17. We're one of the best teams in the NBA. I'm just looking forward to finishing out the season strong and moving away from, you know, this hiccup of a loss that we kind of had. Yeah, and, and to play off your words here, Pat, you know, not only, you know, can Donovan not be hot every game, but as well as how the Cavs are able to find key players and shut them down, other teams know going into the game, hey, that Donovan, Donovan Mitchell guy, hey, we got to make sure he doesn't score yeah. a lot of games. And there's going to be games where it's not even that he's not hot, Defense had a good defensive scheme. There's nothing that they can do, which is why we need other shooters. 
You know, if we can, right. they got Donovan locked down, we need other people to be able to shoot the ball as well. Tomorrow, the Cavs will take on the Pelicans. Me and Logan Congrove will be there covering it for 88.1. So make sure to go to our Twitter, WCIP Sports, and get updates there. But I want to ask you guys, what are your predictions going into this game? I believe Zion will still be out. Then it's got to go to the Cavs. I don't really see a way that they lose this game if the Pelicans don't have Zion. Um, their bench depth at uh, the forward positions isn't very strong at all. So I would expect um, our players like Evan Mobley to have an absolute standout game. Well, first of all, I hope you all have fun there. And I mean, thank you. I'm sure the call is a short victory, but I remember this other instance, he was almost caught off guard against the Dallas Mavericks without Luka Doncic that night, and they almost went and they went to overtime with them, only won that game 109-9, and the Pelicans, they've been the most surprising team this year, even though I did expect this kind of thing with the Pelicans, and they're not a team to be taken lightly, so I still take the Cavs, though. It's a tight victory. No, that's, that's a good point. I'm going to take the Cavs, and I th- I don't think it'll be a blowout I don't think it'll be a tight victory. I think it'll be like a good seven, seven, eight point win by the Cavs, if I had to guess. Then we go on to play the Grizzlies on Wednesday. Pat, I'll give it to you. Who do you have winning this game? Mm. You know, I'm still going to take the Cavs in this one. I think, you know, we've, we do a good job of shutting down the star players. And if we can find a way to handle John Morant, I realistically don't see a way that the Grizzlies can walk away with a win. Uh, I say the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, they're already my pick for the, to win the Western Conference. The Western Conference. So I got Grizzlies. Yeah, the Grizzlies are good guys. They're pretty good. Yeah, I have Cavs written down. Oh, I'm gonna still go with Cavs. That was my gut when I wrote down. I, I like to stick with my gut, but I tell you what, the Grizzlies are a good team. But some other good teams we're gonna have to play. The Warriors on Friday. Who do we have in this game? I'm still taking the Cavs. Again, we find a way to shut down these star players, and honestly, the Warriors have been very subpar this year, in my opinion. They have all their players, um, but they're just not playing well at all. And I think if we find a way to shut down Steph Curry, we should be all right because Klay Thompson hasn't been his usual self this year at all. I agree. Um, It's very clear that, you know, I, I do think that age is starting to catch up to some of these guys. Uh, it's, it's weird to think about it, but a lot of those guys in the Golden State Warriors, they're old now. Uh-huh. It's weird to think about, but they're slowing down. I don't think that they're going to be able to handle Donovan Mitchell at all. I'm taking the Cavs. Yeah, I got Cavs. This is the end of a great era for the go- for Golden State. I mean, this, they become a one-dimensional team, and if we take away the three from them, take away their offense, we got this. Yeah, and... I agree. I'm taking the Cavs. Should be a, a pretty easy win for us. The one thing I will say is the Cavs sometimes struggle with that three-point <clears throat> defense because we're so much of an interior defense. You're not going to drive on us because we got the big boys in the paint type team. So every now and then, kind of like actually the loss for uh, Damian Lillard in the Trailblazers, every now and then we'll let a guy get a little too hot from the three-point line. We'll let him make too many outside shots and you know, expecting that we're going to play the Warriors. I'm sure JB's ready for that, but that is something to consider. And then Saturday, the last game of this week, or of that, yeah, this week, which will be, you know what I mean. We'll play <laughs> Bucks on Saturday. Pat, who do you have in the Bucks? 
it, I mm, at it, Cleveland. If that hurts, which it, it should. It, it hurts me to say this, but I do think that the Bucks will walk away with this one, um, just because it, it it is Giannis. He is Giannis. It, that's the source. Giannis is him. Giannis, yeah, no, that's that's why. Um, yep. I, yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna take Giannis in that one. Giannis and the Bucks in that one. I, I think I have to. I don't want to, but I think I I, I do think that that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I got Bucks in this one too. Bucks. And this one, yeah, it's rough. I did just get a text from Logan Congrove. Oh, I was say I also says, got a text from Logan Congrove. We're three and zero at Cavs games, meaning when WZIP is at a Cavs game, we have always won. That is true. The Cavs game, we've never been to a loss. And I hope that Logan and I will also be going to the Warriors game on Friday. So if you want to use that math, we should be able to win versus the Pelicans on Monday and the Warriors on Friday. But anyway, I. I'm going to take the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Bucks. I will disagree with you guys. I think, you know, they have had our number this season. I think we should be able to get this win. We're at home, which is very, very big for the Cavs um, versus Bucks team. And I am starting to see what I want out of guys like Evan Mobley and Jared Allen when it comes to playing these bigger guys. And if they can do that versus a guy like Giannis... I think we have a fighting chance. Is it my most confident pick of the week? Absolutely not. But I do think that we can take it. And that's going to wrap it up for the Cavs. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? Go Cavs. We're winning the finals. Go Cavs. <laughs> go Trust. Cavs. Let them know. Hashtag let them know. One in the finals. Trust. I go Cavs. We're, we're not, <laughs> I'm not going to go too far, though. I'm not going that sure, far. Sure, sure, sure. Trust. Something I want to talk about really, really, really bad. I really want to talk about it. Maybe my most exciting thing to talk about on today's show, and mind you, it's Wild Card Weekend, is this Kia MVP ladder. And I'm going to tell you guys who it is. The Kia MVP ladder is something the NBA does where you know they give you like who the MVP guys kind of are right now. Number one, Nikola Jokic, who's averaging 24, 11, and 9. Number two, Luka Doncic, ad- averaging 34, 9, and 8. Mind you, that is better. Anyway, Jason Tatum, 38 and 4, arguably better than number one. Giannis, 31, 11, and 5, arguably num- better than all of the guys I just said. And Joel Embiid, 33, 9, and 4. Guys, I have one question. What is... What is up in in the best way that we can put it on air in your cleanest sports terms? Why is this man still number one? He's so over. Listen, here's the thing. I I understand, you know, people love Jokic, but he is so overrated, like, every year because he was the first center to win MVP, I think, since, what did I say? Was it Shaq, I think? So it was like, okay, cool. I, I understand the one year he won that. And then last year, you turn around, you rob the rightful MVP from Joel Embiid and give it to Jokic again. Glad and now he's number on one. Like, I'm so sorry, but he's not that good of a basketball player at all. Every other person that's beneath him on the list is averaging less points per game than he is. And look at Luka. There was a time when, two weeks ago, Luka wasn't even on. He wasn't even in the he race. Wasn't two in weeks the ago. Race. And I sat back and I looked at the list, and it, at that time, it was Jokic, Jason Tatum, and I think Kevin Durant. And I sat back. I'm like, 
how can you put somebody like Kevin Durant on that list, but you can't put somebody like Donovan Mitchell on that list? Mm-hmm. They're averaging about the same points per game. Donovan Mitchell at the time had just come off his 71-point game, and he wasn't even in the top five of the talks. And yet Jokic, who, I mean, don't get me wrong, he gets a lot of triple-doubles, all right? He, he's the equivalent of what I'm going to put as Russell Westbrook, but in the body of a big man right now. Sure. I get it. But there is no reason why he is number one at all. He shouldn't even be in the top five. He should not be in the top five. I don't care that he's won it back-to-back. You robbed Joel Embiid last year mm-hmm. of his rightful MVP. I If he wins it for a three-peat, I'm done watching the NBA for quite some time because he does not deserve it whatsoever. I mean, I would say um, he should be number one. I mean, they give it so much disrespect to Luka Doncic. I mean, first he's not finishing in the top top seven in all-star voting, and now he's not even the front runner for the MVP right now. Is Nikola Jokic, and I wouldn't say he's overrated. I mean, even though I agree, he should have never won it last season, even though it was a historic season. But your team only won 49 games compared to the Sixers, who won over 50 games. So it should have been Joel Embiid's award. But I would say Jokic, he's a center that we haven't, he has a skill set that we haven't seen any center before him, like just a few. Um, It's just like, I would say if there was like, but it's just he's so first. So it's like if there was a alien or someone from outer space that come on Earth and say was a basketball player, I'll take him to a Denver Nuggets say a Denver Nuggets game and point to number fifteen and say that's a basketball player because he is a basketball player. He is that dude, but he should should be the front runner for MVP. It should be Doncic. He's probably on track to breaking the all time season record for most triple doubles in a single season. He's he's just been that kind of guy. It should be Luka Doncic. It will be Luka Doncic. He will win the MVP. He's the best player in the NBA right now. So, you know, Marcus, I am a little confused. You say he's not overrated, but you say he doesn't deserve to be number one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you save yourself here. What would your top five be as of right now? It would off the top of your head. Oh, it would be Luka Doncic, Donovan Mitchell. This is our order, by the way. Jason Tatum. I'll put Giannis. Um, I'll put either Zion or John Morant. So how is Jokic not overrated? Yeah, but he's not. <laughs> if, he's, no, so- if, if the NBA thinks that he is the MVP back to back to back to back to back to back, then how – and he's not in your top five – then how is he not overrated? Like, he's, he's, not, he's still a very good player. He's easily a top three at his position. Yeah, uh, I agree. Possibly even top two because the only other center that really can rival the abilities that he has is Joel Embiid. But he does not deserve to be number one now. Like, Marcus, you were saying, like, he has a skill set for sure. a big man, the likes of which nobody has ever seen in NBA history, which is really, really fun to watch. Like, it's fun to watch him play. But there's no reason why he should win MVP at all. Uh, it's just it's just the the fact of it. He he's, I don't think he's the top five in the league right now. I don't think he should be in the talks for the MVP. Um, is he a top ten player in the NBA right now? Absolutely. Yes, I agree. Is he a top five? No. no. Is he an MVP candidate this season? He should not be nope. at all. The list should literally go, just go Luka Doncic the entire way through. I mean, he is the reason why his team is, is is the top of the West right now. Even though I still think the Nuggets are pretenders. I still think they're a bunch of phonies. They're not going to go anywhere. I think Joke is eventually going to go somewhere else, going to ask for a trade. But it's just... It's, 
That's the only reason I'll say he's a top five candidate for the MVP is because his team is top of the West. Sure. But it's, it's not going to be for long, now. It's got to be Luca, right? To, it, it to, has oh, to of be. course. To Matt Pramuka, to my grandma, <laughs> the Slovakian player, bro. I, I, I got I got the little heritage action with my boy Luca. But bro's putting up game after game after game after yeah. game. He went on that weak stretch of averaging, I want to say, around forty points a game. And, like, and he's not number one. Right. I mean, and TD's he, at such a fast pace. Yeah, like, and and it, it's not only that, but the Mavs don't have anybody else, and right. they're still in a very, very good spot at this point in the season. And they literally don't have anybody but Luca, which yeah, makes no, no. him. The, the most, most valuable player. player. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> it, it has to be oh Luca because goodness. he is literally, like, he embodies, like, watching what Luca's doing now is like watching a young LeBron. He has nobody yes. on his team, but his team is good because he's on the court, because he's putting up these points. Like, that's literally what this is. It's like a, like, it's almost a mirror from the beginning of each, like, LeBron's career and his career. You know, LeBron, drafted by Cleveland, came in, had nobody at all. Had a halfway decent big man. I will say that. And the same thing with the Mavs. They have a halfway decent big man with Christian Woods. Yeah, that's why I say you should take, if there was one person you could take out that out that top five is Jason Tatum. Because if you take Tatum out the lineup, the Celtics still win. And kind of with Giannis, if you take, if you kind of take Giannis out the lineup, the Bucks is still kind of that same team. So I'll say... Replace them with John Barrett and Zion Williamson. Zion Williams been having that kind of season as well. He has been. I, I will admit the Pelicans are definitely one of the surprising emerging teams out of the West. I did not think they were going to be as good as they are right now at this point in the season. Um, but no, I, I completely agree. Take Jason Tatum out. The Celtics will still win. Same thing with Giannis and the Bucks because Brooke Lopez has been playing a lot better. He's starting to look like Nets Brooke Lopez again a little bit. On this team, they still have Drew Holiday. They still have Chris Middleton. They have a very good roster built around Giannis. Removing Giannis doesn't make that much of a difference at the end of the day. Um, But if you take Luka Doncic off of the Mavericks, the Mavericks would not have a single win. Yeah, and people sleep on Kevin Durant. I mean, he's looking like the Kevin Durant, the old, the Kevin Durant we've been seeing from OK City. If you look at that Kevin Durant. Last week, Kevin Durant was number three, by the way. So I, I 100% want to give KD the credit. I just so I just get so upset that we even had to have this conversation. It, it just shouldn't be. Like, I understand, like, cool, there's hype around his name, whatever. Like, I, I understand there's a lot of hype around Jokic's name. I don't care at all about yeah. that. It, does, it doesn't matter if they have hype around the name. It's like, you know... People always make the jokes like, you know, the NBA scripted, the NFL scripted. If Jokic wins a third time, that scripted. is actually it, it it's is. scripted. It it's has scripted. to be because there's no reason that, like like you said, we shouldn't even be having this conversation, but we are. That How 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 are they this bad at making a list? Yep. It's your league. Well, We are watching mm-hmm. the same games that you are. Right. How are you so bad at making a list? And everybody, like everybody else, you ask anybody else who... They might not even watch the NBA, and you show them the stats, they're not even going to put Jokic in the top five. No. How are you messing this up so bad? It's just, it's, it's, I want to know. How, how are you as a league making this list and then putting it out and going, oh, yeah, that, that list is fine? <laughs> right. Marcus, I do want to say one more thing before we get into break and come back, talk about some NFL, get into Hot Mike. If you still want to ask your Hot Mike questions, go to WZIP Sports on Twitter, ask that question there, and we will answer them. But I'm looking at the next five, you know, because you kept mentioning Zion. I said, okay, valid. The next five is Kevin Durant, 
John Morant, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown, and Shy Gilligas Alexander. What? So Shy, Shy, that, I understand. So Shy, Zion Shy, I understand. Actually, isn't even in the top ten. Now it could be because of his injury. Could be because of his injury, but he's not even in the top ten. I, 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 I will say that. See, that's yeah. Jalen Brown is my confusing one. I understand Shy Gilgis. I'd rather Zane. have Laurie Markkinen in there. Jalen yeah. Brown. <laughs> James, I'd rather have James Harden. Um, Call me crazy. I'd rather have James Harden than that list than Jalen Brown. That might be stretching it a bit, but I, the fact care. that he's in there, I but, said it. <laughs> but it, like, I mean, Shy Gilgis, like Shy Gilgis, in there. It's a very, very like, yeah. He deserves to be in that spot. He's the reason Marcus that the Thunder. No, no, Marcus Marcus says no. He's, he's, he's the reason the Thunder are like actually. Com- Competing in a lot of these games, he's, he's the reason he's doing it. He's at, he's such a he's such a young player. He's doing so many good things. I think he deserves to be on that list. Now, Jalen Brown, on the other hand, I don't Definitely think he deserves not. to be on that list. I mean, uh, MVP can- he's not even MVP candidate for high top fades. Like he's, <laughs> he's, so, he's so I mean, he's a good player, but not good enough for MVP. Like <laughs> not not at all. And. You know, I do. I will say, like, I do like Jalen Brown as a player, but there's no way he he wouldn't even win MVP on his own team. So why should he be in MVP talks for the league? Oh, is, well, also, is what I want to like, know. Pat, you know, you had Do- you had Donovan at two. They have him at eight. Listen, I I think Donovan Mitchell he he's very slept on, but that's also because for some reason, no matter you know how good we are, no matter who we have on our team, the NBA. Hates it when the Cavaliers decide to succeed. Sure, they just don't like it. I understand that. You know, I, I just, I just don't, I don't get why you want to sleep on Donovan Mitchell so much. I mean, keep doing it. You're gonna regret it. You know, eventually we're gonna hoist that uh, NBA Finals trophy. Donovan Mitchell won Finals MVP, and we're gonna prove everybody wrong. But right now, I'm just gonna. I, I think what needs to happen is he should let that fuel him a little bit. You know, he sure. dropped 71, and he's not even in the top five. Let that fuel you. Do it again. Sure. <laughs> NBA, fix your list. That's all we're saying. Guys, again, we're going to talk about some Browns up next, and we'll also get to your hot mic questions. Again, hot mic is where you can go on WZIP Sports' Twitter page. Ask us a question there, and we will answer it live on air. So stick around, because we can't stop and we won't stop. And that's the song I got for you guys up next right here on Z88. And we are back here on Sports Power Talk here on 88.1. And we are going in to the home stretch, the last hour of today's show. And I love basketball. I do. I love it. But I've had enough talking about basketball because, after all, it's NFL Wild Card Weekend. And I want to talk about some NFL games. And we'll get to that very shortly. But let's talk about our Cleveland Browns. I'll still say our Cleveland Browns, even though I am sitting your, to my left. I your have, Cleveland Browns. <laughs> that is Pat Weber. And to my right, I have <laughs> Marcus Anderson. Marcus Anderson. Guys, let's just. Hey, um, what does is, what is Chris always say I, at the beginning of our meetings? He says, let's uh, get it started. Let's get it started. So yeah, let's get, get, get it started. So so get get here. That's uh, what I want to do about this Brown. I, you know what, Pat? Go ahead. I, Go I ahead. just have one, one thing to say. What do you have to so, say? This is a callback to during the preseason um, when I was berated up here for saying that the Pittsburgh Steelers would not finish last in the AFC North. I was berated by so many people. And the season is over. Did we make the playoffs? No. 
but we finished nine and eight. The Cleveland Browns finished seven and ten, and all of a sudden it goes a full one eighty. We flipped our season around. The Browns did not. I'm not even going to really ask what happened. I mean, that game was just it was in the Browns' hands multiple times. They had the chance to get that game going, and they just simply did not. Yeah, it was a feel good to know that. For the first time in a while, the Steelers we did not get swept by a team in the AFC North, so that was a feel-good moment. Didn't feel good to see my second favorite team in the league blow our playoff chances, but I still love the Jets for that. I mean, it was like a deja vu for you, was it? It, it, it really was, but I, I mean, I this game, and I've said it, you know, I still don't like Kenny Pickett. I don't think I ever will like Kenny Pickett, but... I believe in Kenny. Yeah, Pickett. he had to rely on Baker Mayfield once, and now y'all had to rely on the Joe Flacco to get y'all in the Listen, playoffs. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that's not that's not the first time I've had my heart break after after a game. Uh, we were so close, <laughs> but it, I don't think it really would have mattered because you know realistically, we would have ended up. I think we would have found ourselves playing. Uh, it might have been the Chargers, and I don't think we would have won that game. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think no, we would have won that game. Not. You know, Marcus, I know you're a big NFL historian, kind of like myself. I wrote in my notes, I said, the Browns had the Steelers defense looking like the 86 Giants. (laughs) They they, they truly did. Why? The Steelers, Pat, sorry if I hurt your feelings. Steelers defense ain't that. It's not that good. No, I'll I'll completely agree, too. Our secondary is garbage. Like, our best corner is Akella Witherspoon, and he didn't even play that game. Yeah. He didn't play that game. He's our, he's our best corner, and he's probably we probably wouldn't even be a third string on yeah. like half the rosters in the league, especially without T.J. Watt. Y'all useless. Oh, oh no, no, that that is true. That is true. We we have only won one game since we've had T. Uh, whenever T.J. Watt goes out, we've only won one game without him. And they look like the greatest defense. Well, it's just because football. he T.J. Watt. Not only does he command so much attention on the field from the offensive line. But just his leadership and his presence on the field just elevates our the Steelers' defense. It elevates it to a different level. You know, the last game in Big Ben's final game at Heinz Field last season against the Browns, T.J. Watt showed why he commands such attention because he got, I'm pretty sure, four and a half sacks that game. I watched Baker Mayfield go down five times. Four and a half, air quotes on that, but we're to T.J. Watt. He just commands that much respect, but we're bad without him. I won't lie. Now, I will say in this game, Deshaun Watson at times, he looked very good. Sure. He, he looked good. He, he also looked, looked like, really bad. Yep, and then there were times too. where he looked like, no offense, he looked like what a Browns quarterback typically looks no, like. It's okay. Not, not, not it's very okay. good. It's okay. Now, do I think the Browns will bounce back in the next coming seasons? Yes, I, I do. Now, the only thing that you There's have... There's always next year, Pat. <laughs> the the only thing you have to year. do, and I will say this time and time again... That it, I, it still doesn't make sense to me how Kevin Stefanski ever won a coach of the year. Now, I, know, I understand that that year the Browns, you know, he made the playoffs, won a playoff game. I, I, I get it. You Browns fans, like, you realize that Kevin Stefanski is the one calling the plays, right? Like, it, it's not all Joe Woods. It's not all whoever your offensive It's Kevin Stefanski calling these plays. I realize And he that. does not know what he's doing at all. You have the best running back in the entire NFL, and you only give him the ball 12 times? Run the ball. Like, I'm a Steelers fan, so, like, obviously, you don't, if you don't want to run the ball on us, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. But in terms of everything, run the ball with Nick Chubb. It's not hard. 
Run the ball. I understand that you know some of your starting offensive linemen are out. That is what it is. Nick Chubb is literally a tank. Like it is so hard to stop him. So just run the ball. Well, I will say this to Stefanski's credit, which you won't hear me say that often, but <laughs> to Stefanski's credit. I mean, it's a game that didn't matter for the Browns. Why? Truth and you well, said, it, and you game, say Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs. Why, why? Why? Why put him under that? You know. Well, because not only that, but you know, he was going. I'm pretty sure to break Jim Brown's uh, single season rushing record for the Browns. So it's that like, would have been really that cool would have been the reason. Um, and I, but not only that, but this was a game that, if you look at it, if the Browns win this game, you then the Browns it. finish third. Yeah, That's and true. the Steelers would finish last. So that would be the first time since 1989 that the Cleveland Browns finished better than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. And, again, it, it's just something where it's like you have you have the means to win the game, but poor play calling. And like I said, it still blows my mind that somebody like Kevin Stefanski has one coach of the year, but Mike Tomlin hasn't once. We're on 16 consecutive winning seasons. That is the most consecutive winning seasons, or sorry, 500 or better seasons by an NFL head coach, and he is never looked at for coach of the year. Well, that's the only bone I have to pick with the NFL. <laughs> I mean, come on, 16 consecutive seasons without without a losing—that that's impressive. Yeah, that is that's true. very yeah. That's and and you look you look at the teams that some like some of the teams that the Steelers have had then like. When Big Ben and Mason Rudolph went down that one season, we had Devlin Hodges. And yeah. We finished eight and eight with Duck. That is so like, impressive. He's like the Eric Spoelstra, yeah, he really, of, he the, really uh, is. of the NFL. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's just yeah. slept on. Yeah. He's just slept. Mike Tomlin is one of the. I know a lot of people will like trash me for saying this, but Mike Tomlin is. He's one of the greatest head coaches. Of oh, the yeah. I mean, last oh, okay. of, the, of no, all time. really. Oh, I mean, one of the great, Oh, he, he is, is a serious, he's, he's, of all time. He's top literally. Five? I'm, Are you I'm saying he's top five all time? Not not top five. Not that not far. Top five. Not top five. Top I mean, five. Yeah. I'll admit. You got If you're one of the best, you're top five, right? Yeah, he's he's a top five, no. second best. Head he, coach he, in the NFL you know, right he now. never had a losing season. But I mean, last time Steelers had a losing season, uh, flip phones just became brand new. Well, the last long time we had a losing <laughs> season was before Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, that was the last time we had a losing this season. Is this is a bad. I mean, it's just it's what's most impressive about the Pittsburgh Steelers franchise is like in the span of like five decades from the seventies to this decade, they don't have to go through just three head coaches. There's Chuck Noll, Bill Cowher, and Mike Tomlin. While other franchises, they had to go through like three head coaches within seven years. Not only that, but we've only had two quarterbacks in the past. Almost twenty years, we've had two quarterbacks, which not a lot of franchises can say that. Oh, the I only can't. franchise, like, <laughs> I'll say, the Browns. I think of actually, geez, how many? I think you've had more quarterbacks than Mike Tomlin's had consecutive winning seasons. But anyway, four seasons um, just in the NFL. I, I think I think the only other team that can really go like they've had more starting quarterback or the same amount of starting quarterbacks as us is the Patriots with Brady and Mac Jones. All right, it, it's just. All right, mm. all right, all right. I get it, Pat. Awesome. You'll love the Steelers. They're so great. Let's, let's go bat, back let's bash the Browns, to bash the, Browns. the Browns. You know, and you you bring up coaching. You know, we're talking about coaches. Coach Joe Woods. He's this guy who, if you don't know, was he's, he's not a very he good. He was coach. a defensive coordinator. Um, he actually held that role, uh, that title, uh, for all the season. Cleveland Browns all season. Which not, now he's right. not. He's well, fired. Not, not, well, not anymore, but like. For the entire season, yeah, I mean, he, he was yeah. a coach, and yeah, he he did. Yeah, so, the, what do, what do we think about the Browns firing Joe Woods? Um, I think it was a good move. 
Um, like I said, even though it's the fancy calling the plays, I mean, with the weapons that the Browns have on on their defense, there's no way that their defense is as soft as they played in a lot of these games. I mean, you have one of the most dominant rushers in the entire NFL in Miles Garrett. You've got arguably one of the best secondaries in the league. I mean, your corners are, are loaded. You've got incredible safeties. The only lacking position, truthfully, would be defensive tackle or even middle linebacker. But, I mean, the linebacker position is pretty covered. And they were just getting exposed all season long. Uh, really, I, I don't I don't understand it. I mean, I understand injuries can plague certain teams. I get it. You know, Denzel Ward, very injury-prone now. But it, there was just no way that the defense was getting beat that bad at all. So I, I think it was the right move by the Browns to fire uh, Joe Woods at the end of the season. Yeah, I think he should have been fired right after that New York Jets game. I mean, that was ridiculous. <laughs> it allowed two touchdowns under the under two minutes to go in the comeback. But yeah, it's just uh, it was definitely the right move. I mean, they they already interviewed Brian Flores, I mean, who's been a long time staff coach of for the linebackers for the under the New England Patriots under the Super Bowl years under Bill Belichick. Also improved also had to work with the Steelers linebackers as well, work with their defense. He did a decent job with the Steelers defense this season. I mean <clears throat> led was like one of the top five teams at turnovers this year and pretty much so it was a proven linebacking unit and he should be a big part. He should be he should definitely be the head candidate for the defensive coordinating job. Sure. Yeah, I um honestly I have never been more happy for Brown season to be over. So I honestly couldn't care less about defensive coordinator right now. I wanna just switch the topic. I wanna get in to what you guys want to hear from us, which is Hot Mike. Hot Mike is a segment we do here on Z88 where we ask you guys to ask us questions on our WCIP Sports Twitter page, and then we answer them live here on the air. Hopefully there's no bronze questions, but if there is, <laughs> we will answer them nonetheless. Pat, this first one is for you. Oh. Just you. And it comes from our Logan Congrove. He says, Pat, favorite part about being in a fraternity uh, sorority life at UA? Um, and be ooh, careful with your answer here, ooh, Pat. Ooh. No, so, <laughs> honestly, I just love everybody in the community. It's a really tight-knit community up here, um, especially up here at the University of Akron. Um, you know, we're not the biggest college, so there our fraternities, we're not like OSU level where we've got like 400 people. You know, you know we've only got around 30 or so, but I mean... I love every minute that I have with my brothers. Like, truthfully, they pushed me to pursue what I wanted to do here and and work here at WZIP. So without them, I wouldn't be in this position. Um, I just love being around them. It's like, it's a really great support system. It's a just a way, and it also builds so many connections. Like, you're going to meet so many people. Like, a lot of our alumni, you know, they, they give us opportunities. They're willing to help us. Not to mention you get a sweet house. Our house is pretty cool. I uh-huh. like our house. I live there. It's it's really nice. But it's just overall the community feel. And like like I said, everybody's just so close that it, it, it feels good. It's like a feel-good thing. And, you know, not that it was my question or anything. But I will say, Pat, I do like the Phi Tau guys. They're very, very Phi nice Psy. people. Or Phi Psy, what I say. Like, I, also like, I also I like, like Phi Tau, though. I, I don't, I don't like them. No, I like Phi Psy. I do like you guys. I don't like Phi we're, Tau. It, we're, we're a lot of fun. It, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. That's like a I said, dig. Without them. I'm Phi Tau. On here, on air, Ooh, right now. Good. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I do like the Phi Psy guys. 
I do. So, uh, thank you, Pat. Thank you, Logan, for asking. Next question, guys. This comes from Aaliyah Craig. She says, who has better hair, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, or Alex Henry? Marcus, I'll give it to you first. <laughs> what, what do you think? Those are your options. Those are your options. Uh, that is so hard. I mean, that's so hard. For real. I mean... For Justin Herbert, it, it makes him look like Leonardo DiCaprio from Titanic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Facts. And with Trevor Lawrence, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's so hard for real. It's so hard. I mean, between yours, I mean, you got the old school model. I mean, business in the front, party, uh, party in, in the, the back. back. I, mean, <laughs> uh, I guess I'll say Justin Herbert. Since it makes him look like Leonardo DiCaprio from Titanic. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Pat. I'm going to go with the man with the mullet, Alex Henry here. Too kind, too kind. Best hair out there. By far. I would say. Looking like a young Obi-Wan Kenobi over there. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's a, that's a nice compliment. Peak Alex Henry mullet. I'm sweeping these guys. Trevor Ward's pff, not, even, not even in the conversation. <laughs> but we did trim it up a little. It's a little shorter now. It's a little nappier than it used to be. I'll give it to Justin Herbert, too. He's got the flow. He's just got that flow that the girls like, Marcus. I know what you're talking about, that young <laughs> Leo flow he has. Trevor Lawrence's hair, his is too long. I don't like how long his hair is. He's he got to cut it. He's got to do something, style it. But uh, I, do, I do like that question. Next one, a little different from the sports world as well. Favorite Disney Channel show growing up? Oh, the original Mickey Mouse show. Like oh. the one before Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I forget the name of it, but I remember it being on uh, all the time when I was growing up. So it, it has to be that or Phineas and Ferb, okay. which they are debuting a new season of Yeah, Phineas they are. I, I saw that. You guys saw no, that. That's but solid. I am, that's solid. I'm so excited for that. Marcus, you're excited. Sweet life of Zach and Cody all day. Oh. Zach and, it, there was even Zach and Cody on deck. Uh, that was my show right there. <laughs> my favorite character on that show was the butler or like, yeah. The hotel butler. Yeah. That was my favorite character. He was so funny. I love that show. No, I I will say this. I'm more of a Nickelodeon cartoon guy than a Disney, you know, show guy. But if I had to pick a Disney show, mine was also gonna be Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Not Sweet Life on Deck. Even though Sweet Life on Deck was good, but something about the younger kids and me being a younger kid and watching them be all mischievous and stuff that I, I did I did enjoy that. I low-key had a crush on Ashley Tisdale. <laughs> she was fun. That, that's why Marcus liked that. That's the real reason. Okay, let's move on from that. I can't say I disagree though. Um, thoughts? This comes from Jake Murren's number one fan, a avid listener here. Thoughts on the Texans ruining their tank and really... Do you even agree with that statement, number one? But if you do agree, thoughts on them ruining their tank? I mean, they kind of ruined it, but at the end of the day, the Bears probably aren't going to take a quarterback. So the Texans, it doesn't really matter for them. Um, the only thing is, I just don't agree that they fired their head coach immediately following because Lovey was actually, like, he's not a bad coach. He was just given, like, literally the worst team ever mm. to try to coach. And. I feel for him. You know, he had one season. I don't think that, you know, he did a horrible job for what he was given, and they gave him the boot because he won that last game. I mean, there was nothing the Texans could really do. I mean, this was pretty much like 
you work what you got, pretty much. You work what you <laughs> what you have, pretty much. And building up a worn out too. So I think it's still a pretty bright future for the Texans, and they just did the best they could, pretty much. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they ruined their tank. I just think they were bad. Is kind of just <laughs> what I wanted to say. Um, but, I mean, that that's, that would be my answer. We had Wastavi. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He asked a couple questions that we already answered or are going to answer in our next segment, so we won't go that far. But one of his questions we haven't touched on, and it's, what's your favorite condiment for a hot dog at a Guardians game? Very specific question. I'll answer first. Never been to a Guardians game and had a hot dog. So, I don't know, but considering I only put ketchup on a hot dog, I would probably say ketchup. See, I also can't really answer this because I've never been to a Guardians or Indians game, but I'm also not from the Northeast Ohio area. I am from the Southern region of Ohio. Um, So, if you're asking me what the best topping to put on at a baseball game is, I got to go with... Some good old-fashioned Cincinnati chili. Get a nice little Skyline Coney dog mm. at Great American. Some key childhood memories right there. Of, mm, love them. Yeah, I never had a dog at a Guardians game, but I will say relish. That's my favorite kind. Relish. relish. That's interesting. Interesting. Uh, Jake Murn, a go, or Jake Murn, someone fan, also asked, who's winning the Super Bowl? We're not going to answer that yet, but we will answer <laughs> it very soon. Uh, He also asked, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with it as much as I am, but thoughts on KSI's knockout. Did you guys see this KSI knockout yesterday? I did not, but I heard the buzz about it around campus when I was out and about. I I heard the buzz, so I'm definitely going to look into it, but I I know that the boxing matches yesterday were all phenomenal. I was disappointed in Faith. Oh, my God. Um, so was I. That was like, the only boxing match I cared on. about. I, I literally, like, when when they were doing the matchup, I'm like, oh, my God, Faith is going to absolutely destroy Elbrook. I'm like, because, like, just the, the height difference and reach alone, I was like, oh, like, uh, that's Faith. And then a minute and 37 seconds in and knockout? Like, seriously? I will say this. As a combat sports fan... That has really started to be watching a lot more boxing. Faith Ordway and her opponent, which I can't think of her name, but people on TikTok El- and Twitter yeah, calling her Brock Lesnar. No, without <laughs> makeup, she literally looks like Brock Lesnar. What people are calling her. Anyway, they put on like the best female boxing round. It was out the gate. I have ever seen. In my entire life, they were boxing like primetime, um, I don't even know, Mickey Ward and Atari Gato. Like, they were like, they were throwing. They the were the throwing. bell rang, and it was just like, it was a free-for-all. Like, yeah. normally, you know, when you're boxing, you know, you take a few jabs, whatever. No, it was just like straight for the throat the minute the bell rang. It was insane. Yeah. Marcus, you got any thoughts on any of this? I mean, not at all. I mean... Believe it or not, but I don't even watch boxing at all. Right. <laughs> no, I, I don't either, really. I Also, I just don't like KSI that much. Prime? Prime is a pretty solid drink. Have we drank Prime? Have we tried Prime? Never heard of Prime. Never heard of Prime? Uh-huh. Pat, you try Prime? I know Logan Cogrove likes I've Prime. I've tried it because of Logan. Yeah. Um, it's all right. Yeah, I, I think it's I, solid. I, I, think, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, it makes me like not, KSI. Not a fan of... 
not a fan of the uh, this other half of the company, but you know, I I, I think it's pretty. That's all right. Fair enough. Not, fair not, enough. not a fan of the the Paul side. You know? Right. Not, not not a fan. Final question here on Hot Mike. I'm thinking. Okay, here's the question. It comes from our sports director here, Jake Murren. He says, cash your card, and then in parentheses, Alex knows what I'm talking about. Would you guys like to answer and then hear the context of the question or hear the context of the question and then answer? Let's just answer it and then hear the context. Okay. Because, like, cash <laughs> or card? Pat. Honestly, card. Marcus? Yeah, I say card. Because there's always, especially walking out of a gas station or a local corner store, there's always going to be that guy or it's just that guy outside waiting for someone to come out. It's like, hey, you got some spirit change. You got some spirit change, my brother. My brother, you got a dollar. You got a dollar, my brother. <laughs> hey, help a brother out. I'm down on hard time. You got <laughs> he has a point. No, seriously, because my freshman year, there'd be a guy outside of Chipotle that would do that all the time. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, you're asking a college kid for money i'm like we don't have money either i'm like because all of our money's going to the school and like our education no way i swear to god it was the one guy he was he was always in the trash can outside chipotle i'll never forget that guy because it was every time and you're like well you have food how'd you pay for it i'm like with my card i paid online i mobile order my food like i don't have money for you what's up that's asking college kids for money get out of here okay well that was that was great love that um i said cash the context of this question, promo bell, we don't have, but ringing the imaginary promo bell. Every Tuesday, every Thursday, Jake and I have a talk show that's a little different than Sports Power Talk. And one of our most famous, if not the most famous segment on our show is On the Contrary, where Jake and I will debate something live on air. And then we get listeners to call in. And this was our question. It was, do you guys like cash or card? I said cash, and I won. 3-1. I 3-1 Jake. Everybody was liking cash, but Jake, maybe this makes you feel a little better. Pat and Marcus do like the card for some very, very um, interesting reasons, I'll say. I'll say for sure. But that is going to wrap it up for Hot Mike today. And for our third segment, when we come back, we will get in to the final segment here on Sports Power Talk. Probably the segment people should be most excited for because it's Wild Card Weekend. There's some games that already happened. There's some games that are going to happen very, very shortly. And we're going to talk about them and give you guys all of our thoughts next up on Sports Power Talk. And we are back just like that for the last segment on Sports Power Talk. I am your host, the man with the mullet, Alex Henry. To my left, I have... Pat Weber. And to my right... Marcus Anderson. And guys, this is what I I would hope a lot of people have been waiting for. Unless, of course, you are not an NFL fan. But even if you're not... Just, I mean, I say it about baseball. I'm not a baseball fan, but when it comes to baseball playoffs, I try to pay a little bit of attention. So this is still very, very relevant stuff. Let's talk about the playoffs. Let's talk about Wild Card Weekend. I want to kick it right off with the 49ers versus the Seahawks, where the 49ers won 
41 to 23. Who wants to take it first? Brock Purdy is like that. <laughs> Brock Purdy is him. Trey Lance doesn't have a job as a starting quarterback for the 49ers anymore. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have the starting job for the 49ers anymore. Mr. Irrelevant is the starting QB moving forward for the 49ers. Has to be. From Mr. Irrelevant to getting thrown into the season after some horrible, horrible injuries to their starting quarterbacks. You get thrown into the season being Mr. Irrelevant. And mind you, Marcus, we were talking a little bit about this off air. We can't name one Mr. Irrelevant player Not that really. actually did anything and was relevant. Not really. And now all of a sudden, no, this can't. Mr. Irrelevant here is starting to turn things around. This very well could end up being one of the greatest stories in all of sports. If the 49ers continue to play how they are, and if Brock Purdy can continue to dominate the way that he has, we could see a Mr. Irrelevant starting quarterback in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I heard undrafted players become the superstars, but Mr. Irrelevant, that never happened before. And the Seahawks gave a little bit of a scare pretty much in the first half. out. There's like two questions come out of this game pretty much like, Win or lose, is Geno Smith the long term the long term answer for the Seahawks offense? And also, the second question is that is this really is this really a Super Bowl run beginning for the Forty ers And I really think so. I mean, the number one defense in the league they still shows that, especially in the second half, just shutting them out the whole second half. I mean, with Nick Bosa, I mean, he's obviously he could be an MVP candidate, could win it, and just that it's a great system that's. Kyle Shanahan has running for this 49ers team, and I can see that's the only reason no team in NFL history has ever went all the way to the Super Bowl with the rookie quarterback on the center, but I think this could be that first time that happens with Brock Purdy. He is him. I always thought he could be that guy ever since watching him at Iowa State. He is that guy. Yeah, I mean, um, it was a it was a good game. I would say the score, 41-23, doesn't really equivalent to the how the Seahawks played. Mind you, this Seahawks team, I don't really think should have even been here. But they made it. They worked hard to get there. And they put they put on what you would have expected. What I would have expected anyway. Um, but yes, he is him. I will agree with all of you. For Mr. Irrelevant to come in there and play like that, doesn't it just make you want to see him win it all? Or is it, it, it just does. me? Is no, it just I, me? I want to because... He came in, like, like we were saying, he came in with no expectations, probably didn't even think he would see the field one time in his career. Trey Lance goes down. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. All of a sudden, you're the only quarterback on that roster. I know you were Mr. Irrelevant, but, you know, then it, questions arose. You know, will Brock Purdy be good enough to lead the 49ers to win games even? And he's led this team in the later half of the season to an I don't think he hasn't lost a game yet mm. since he's taken over the helm as a starting QB. Mm. Capped that off with a four touchdown performance against the Seahawks. You led your team to a dominant win, not just like, you know, whatever to an eighteen point victory, which is quite a large margin. I I love Brock Purdy. I want to see the 49ers make it at least make it to the Super Bowl. You know, whether they win or not, that's up in the air. But if, if they can at least make it that far that's got to be one of the greatest stories in all of sports history right there. From Mr. Irrelevant to Super Bowl, you can't get anything better than that. No, you can't. You quite literally cannot get better than that. Another kind of Cinderella-esque story 
that happened yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Chargers versus Jaguars. Duval. The Jaguars won 30 to 31. Isn't that insane? It, it was an incredible game. To go on game. to play the Chiefs, by the way. It Listen, that Chiefs matchup is not in the Jaguars' favor whatsoever. However, coming back from a 27-point deficit to win that game by one, incredible. Trevor Lawrence started off the game looking horrible through three interceptions in the first quarter alone, and they turned it around very, very quickly. I've never been more impressed with a comeback from, from a team in quite some time. That was incredible. That game was so much fun to watch. I loved it. Yeah, how many times did he get sacked in the in the in the first half? I think it was like, or how many intercept? Not intercept. Well, how many times did he get sacked? But how many interceptions did Trevor Lawrence throw in the first half of that game? It was four. 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 Four interceptions. interceptions. And he came back. And three of them to the same guy, Asante yeah. Samuel Jr. He's him. He's him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I gotta say, I mean, I got. If I was just, I want Justin Herbert out of there. I mean, it's just for his sake. Justin Herbert is better than the Chargers. The Chargers don't deserve a guy like Justin Herbert. I mean, he's he's too great of a guy. Like I really love Justin Herbert. I don't want him to end his career without ever like tasting a championship. Ain't if he stays with the Chargers, I think I'm afraid that might end up happening. Like you can never trust the Chargers. They've been that most frustrating team to watch over the years watching football. Like whatever you say they're gonna do. They end up doing the opposite every time. And I thought it was going to be that team this year. This was the year of the Chargers. This was going to be their year. And so they let this, like, allow the third largest comeback in playoff history to happen. And all respect to the Jaguars. They're a great team. They're a great young team and a very bright Exciting. future. Doug Pearson, he's a great head coach. He should have never, never got fired in Philadelphia. But it go, <laughs> it's just... I'll, yeah, I would like to just Herbert go somewhere else. He's better than Chargers. Pat? I, I will say, I I don't want to say that this is the reason why, um, but we know who the Chargers quarterbacks coach is, right? A little uh, former coach for the Akron Zips, you know. Um, no, it's it's it's, uh, it, it's our former favorite head coach oh, of the Akron yeah. Zips. Mm. I know I'm not saying that that's because it's the Tom Arth effect. However, it could be the Tom Arth effect. It, you know, it very well could be. He just brings curses to wherever he goes. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Most recently, the Chargers. Before then, unfortunately, us. We didn't deserve those four years at right. all. We and should have been spared the pain. Marcus, to what you were saying is, you know... I'm on a sports show. We're on a sports show. We love sports. I like to listen to a lot of sports talk shows as well. And for me to hear the slander that Justin Herbert is starting to get hurts my soul. He, I'm going to say, don't care, is still a top three quarterback in the NFL. He is number three. That's where I have him. And the fact that I see people in media wanting to put Justin Herbert outside the top 10, 
Marcus. Right, it really takes me off. It's <laughs> very annoying, isn't it? Because he is truly talented, and it's that team right. that is bringing him down. He right. deserves much better. And they keep calling him a social media quarterback. Right. And Emmanuel Ajo, like, saying he's the most overrated quarterback in the league just because his win-loss record. I matter of fact, you keep forgetting this is a team game. It takes a team to win games. It should be blamed on one man. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he can throw the ball. Yeah. He can truly throw the ball very, very, very far. But, hey, props to the Jaguars. They won it. I was telling Marcus that I was going to publicly apologize on air. There's two quarterbacks that coming into the league I said would never be anybody. Number one was Lamar Jackson. I was wrong. Number two was Trevor Lawrence. And I'm not going to say I'm wrong yet, but he's definitely starting to become somebody and I will apologize for that because I thought he would be just a nobody always. But I got to give him his credit. Yeah, did he throw four interceptions in the first half of the game? Sure did. Sure is kind of what I expected. Urban Meyer wasn't there. Can't complain about Urban Meyer there, Trevor Wards. However, he's really helping his team this season. And at Jaguars, they get better each and every single game. So I got to give them credit there. Gentlemen, I am rocking with the Dolphins. Pat, can you guess why I'm rocking with the Dolphins? Oh, it, it, I would assume that's because the uh, Miami Dolphins are the reason that the Pittsburgh Steelers did not make the postseason. Correct, Pat. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and Joe Headley up here at WZIP, he'll be on later tonight for Late Night Local Talent. Or not Late Night Local Talent, sorry. Alternative Takeover. Marcus, you're a Late Night Local Talent guy. Uh, he's also a Dolphins fan. A little shout out to Joe there. But we got the Dolphins versus the Bills, and just because I'm rocking with the Dolphins does not necessarily mean that I think they are going to win this game. And one of those reasons is because Skylar Thompson is going to be the quarterback for Miami (laughs) today. Have you guys ever heard of the name uh, Skylar Thompson up until maybe when I just told you? Uh, Yeah, last week. Last week. Yeah. Yep, yep, last week I, I did. Marcus? I just remember him from Kansas State. He wasn't that much of a good quarterback. Yeah, and it's sad, right? Because this Dolphins team, they were so... What's a good word that's not inconsistent? They they were very just... No, not even on and off. They just never... They just fell off at the end of the season. They, they would never off play the to season, their full potential. They started the season looking very strong, sure. and then they barely snuck into the playoffs there yeah. at the end. They had their typical, usual late-season collapse, but... I mean, if you watch the NFL enough, you know that's what the Dolphins do. It seems like almost every season they start off on fire, and then it's like, are we going to see them make a playoff run? Are we going to see them make it, you know, get the Super Bowl? Are we going to see them win the Super Bowl? And then they just collapse midway through the season, and they either get eliminated or they barely scrape by. Marcus? Yeah, I I was really hoping the Dolphins didn't make it to the playoffs because I I think they're going to stink the whole place up. I mean, just pretty much. I mean, for a moment there, I thought they was really going to make a Super Bowl. I really thought they was contenders. Me too. I really thought Mike McDaniel, this new head coach, is that next offensive mastermind, that next great head coach, like the AFC's version of Sean McVay, I was going to call him. But it's just that I now see he's sort of an idiot. He is sort of an idiot, for real. And, like, I remember one interview, one post, one pregame interview, saying that that I'm just so focused on trying to get to a better. 
Like, should you be focused on the whole team, trying to get the whole team better? You've been so busy trying to get Tua Tagovailoa into a great quarterback, which you did a great job. You did a great job, by the way, but in terms of team success, no, you barely made it to the playoffs. You got lucky. You should be thinking the you should be thanking the Buffalo Bills for even getting you to the playoffs, and now they're going to kick your butt in this first round. And now it's just a Dolphins is another one of those frustrating teams over the years. It's just, but overall, you're an idiot. You're coming from your disciple from Kyle Shanahan, so you should know better. You got mm. two good running backs in Jedrick Wilson and Raheem Moister, and you don't run the ball at all, for real, because you're so busy trying to get the pass game together, trying to make this – Offense so exciting instead of focusing on wins. So it just, yeah. Marcus has popped off, and I can't say that I disagree with I, anything I, that I you just said. I don't disagree either. I don't think you should be <laughs> focusing on developing Tua, especially, you know, he's starting again. Uh, he's not starting this game because he sustained his third head injury of the season. So you have to wonder, you know, would it be healthy for Tua to continue playing? In the, NFL. in the NFL. At all. I don't think it is. I think if he wants to have a long and healthy life outside of football, he has to walk away soon because three head injuries, especially one that left him unable to move for a little bit in one season, is not is not healthy at all. That one head injury alone, uh, I believe it was against the Bengals, alone should have put out the rest of the season. Right. I know I understand like you want to develop him as a young quarterback, but it, for his own health, it's not worth it. Right. I, it's really not. So don't focus as much on him because you know Tua might not be here next year. He might not. You know, he'll be playing football next year. We don't know. Yep. I was like, don't don't focus as much on him. You know, focus on making sure that he's healthy and that you know he's going to be okay outside of football is what you should be doing yeah. with him. But develop other areas of your team. You have one of the best wide receiving one of the best receiving cores in the entire league. You've got, like Marcus, like you said, you've got phenomenal running backs, but you don't run the ball. Uh, you're not really throwing to your weapons all that, you know, well. Don't get me wrong, Tyreek Hill had a fantastic season still, but sure did. nothing compared to what he he's done at Kansas City. So it, I don't even know. And like I said, you're, you're taking too much time to develop a quarterback that with these injuries, he might not be playing football for much longer. Yeah, and it's also sad that the conversation, and I'll end it with this, is about how sad the Dolphins is. Because in reality, the Bills the Bills are fire. It doesn't matter who the Bills were going to play, they were probably going to beat them, right? So, I mean, that, that gives the Bills credit there. But, yeah, it does stink for the Dolphins. Always next year, uh, as I would say, as a Browns fan to the Dolphins. Look at another game, Giants versus Vikings. And I'll start it off with this. You know, they say in football that the better coaching staff always will win the rematch. That's Have, have we heard this? Am I making this up? So that's what they say. <sighs> I just the Vikings offense looked really good against them last time and that kind of worries me but also looking at the Vikings defense it's very suspect like their defense is very very suspect and the Giants defense is pretty pretty good there's a lot of ways you can look at this too because you know Kirk Cousins he's been in these situations before uh me and Matt here at WZIP we actually rank 
our quarterbacks based on if they're better or worse than Kirk Cousins. Because Kirk Cousins is like the most average quarterback of all time. So like, are you better than Kirk? Are you worse than Kirk? Kirk is that is the standard quarterback for me in the NFL. It's very, very hard to pick. I'm not sure how I feel about Jones and Barkley. They haven't been here. I know what I thought about them in the regular season. I know what I thought about them. They were they were good. They they showed me they proved me wrong. I wouldn't say Daniel Jones is great, but he was good enough. Barkley was great. I'll say that. So overall I think I'm gonna go with the Vikings. But I think this game will be a little closer uh, than giving it credit. The Vikings are the pretenders of this year's playoffs. I know they're thirteen and four, but their defense is so bad. They have the worst defense in the entire league. The only reason that they went thirteen and four is because they have Justin Jefferson. That is the he is the sole reason that the Vikings finished with this good of a record. The Vikings defense is by it is by far the worst defense in the entire league. They run I I believe I saw a statistic well, that have they you run, watched the Browns game? Uh if the Vikings had the Browns defense or even, you know, Joe Woods as their DC, they probably wouldn't have lost a game. But their defense is just that bad. They run the same defensive scheme thirty six point nine percent of the time. Do you know how, like, not good that is? And it doesn't work anyway. They run the same scheme, like, You're right. over 35% of the time, and it doesn't work anyway, but they keep doing it. They're just not... Their defense is horrible. I, I can't say... They're bad. The Giants are going to... The Giants are going to win. The Giants are going to beat the Vikings. They're going to upset, the, upset, air quotes, the Vikings, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a defensive battle. Like, that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to whose defense is going to perform better. Um, or when you have a team that literally can't play defense versus a team that, you know, they can play defense, I, I, I got to get a team that's going to be able to win the defensive battle there. So I have to give it to the Giants for this one. All right, Marcus. Me and Pat disagree. You got to be the tiebreaker. All right. I definitely got the Giants pretty much. And the Vikings, they are overrated. I mean, there's no way any team should be winning games like they do. I mean, just I, I don't see one win. I don't think they have one win that was like, more than 10 points, except that last game, which was against the Chicago Bears squad, which they claimed was just taken for the number one pick. But anyways, it's so overrated. Jesse Jefferson is the MVP. He's been the most valuable player of the year to his team mm-hmm. and in the league as well. But the Giants, Brian Dable, coach of the year already. Just the Giants making it to the playoffs with the lack of talent, with the exception of Saquon Barkley. They take in this game, and they go on to the second round. Yeah, well, we'll see. We will see. I, 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 that offense is good. But, Pat, you make a good f- point. You know, defense wins championships, but offense scores points, too. So you, you never really know. Uh, I am going to stick with the Vikings. Not my most confident pick. I didn't say it was. I didn't say it was. I, it was a really hard pick for me. But I do think that I'm going to go with the Vikings in this game here. Next game, Ravens versus Bengals. Pat, I'll throw it to you. Who do you have winning this game? I got to take the Bengals, especially with Lamar Jackson not playing this game. It, there's no way, especially with how bad the Bengals beat the Ravens last time, and that was in Baltimore. They're playing in Cincy this time. It's going to be the Bengals. And uh, truth be told, Baltimore, I hope you're ready to get Derek Carr as your starting quarterback next season because Lamar Jackson, he ain't coming back. He is not going to put on a Baltimore Ravens jersey one more time in his career. Get ready for Derek Carr. 
Oh yeah, I got Bengals. Definitely the Bengals. They definitely gonna beat the Ravens and it's so interesting. I just saw so the game plan for the Ravens today is he's gonna play both quarterbacks today. He's gonna play both Tyler Huntley and Mort and Mort Aji Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown today. He's gonna play both of them. I don't know how's that gonna work out. It's just yeah, the Ravens are a complete mess on offense, but our defense is something else. But Bengals, Joe Burr and the Bengals, they just go blaze all day. Yeah. I um I agree with both of you. Tyler Huntley? Come on now. He not good. He and, and to your credit, Marcus, I mean, a hundred percent Ravens defense, very, very good. But as you said, Joe Burr. Joe Shiesty. I'm going to be honest. He's going to pick him apart, I think. Oh, he he, he did last game. Yeah. And, and, and the, their defense is good. I'm not saying that their defense is not good. The Bengals, I think he'll pick them apart. Yeah, and, and the Bengals, like I said, last game, they, they played them in Baltimore, and they manhandled the Ravens, like, bad. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a Bengals win. Uh, honestly, you know, you know, since we're all fans of teams in the AFC North, um. Honestly, seeing the Ravens hitting this downward spiral, I love it. Because you have spent so much time praising, oh, look, we have Lamar Jackson. He won MVP. We have Lamar Jackson. We have Lamar Jackson. And not one time did you ever think to build a team around him. You gave him Mark Andrews, and that was it. You spent no time building around him. Now he wants to leave. And now you're either going to be stuck with Tyler Huntley as your starting quarterback moving into next season, or you're going to get Derek Carr. And I am... So happy about that because the Ravens are going to be so bad in the next few years. They are going to be like bottom of the barrel, maybe winning four games a year type of a team. And I'm so excited for that. I love seeing the Ravens just lose. I'm not makes upset. me happy. Oh, I'm not upset about it either. It I'm, makes me happy. Do you do you agree with that take, Marcus? Oh, absolutely. I agree with everything. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he's definitely out of there. It's his second year of all where he where he's missing the second half of the season due to injury and then just declining their contract offer, he's definitely out of there. I knew it was going to come a point with the Ravens where it's going to be between Harbaugh or Jackson. Either he goes or I go. Yep. No, great point. Last game to talk about. Winner plays the Eagles. Probably the least exciting weekend wildcard game. I thought that would have been Chargers... Jaguars, but I well, was, did we know? <laughs> I was wrong. I was wrong about that. Uh, Cowboys, Buccaneers, winner plays the Eagles. I'll give it to you this time, Marcus. Who do you have winning this game? The Cowboys better win this game, but I got such a deep feeling that Tom Brady is going to pull out another miracle. Not a miracle, but it's like somehow a victory. It's just especially from an A and nine Buccaneers. I. I'm telling you, if they really win this game, if they really win this game and beat the Cowboys, I'm done with the Cowboys. I don't just... But I got Cowboys, so they better win this game. They better. Now, we we, t- we talked a little bit about this off-air, but like I said, I, I don't like Tom Brady, but I also really don't like the Cowboys. Mm. So, best-case scenario, Cowboys win tonight. And the, or not tonight, uh, tomorrow night, and then they go into Philadelphia and get blown out. Best case scenario. Yeah. Also, I got a feeling, because the interesting fact, out of like over 12 matchups, Tom Brady has never lost a game to the Cowboys. Yeah. He never lost a game. The Cowboys have never been Tom Brady. I said in June 
here on Sports Power Talk that my Super Bowl winner was going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And my sole reason for that was, and I've said this my whole life, I've said it so, so long, since I was an infant, it was my first words, actually. I said that as long as Tom Brady has a pulse and is in the NFL, I will never bet against him. Does that make me wrong every now and then? Sure, it does. Does he have a bad offensive line? Has Tampa Bay's entire team kind of been inconsistent, whether they had players starting, had players out, maybe a couple injury hiccups there? A hundred percent. But when you put TB12 in the playoffs, because he ain't going to miss them, he's going to play. I have Tampa Bay winning this game versus the Cowboys. The Cowboys just lost to a rookie quarterback last week. And now they're supposed not, to be... Not just any rookie quarterback either. No. And now they're supposed to be Tom Brady? They're supposed to be Tom Brady now? I just don't see it. I do not see that that happening. Um, but, hey, the Cowboys might win. Pat, like you were mentioning, you know, I don't like the Cowboys that much either. So uh, I just kind of want to see them lose. I'll be very bored if I have to... Well, so they, they will lose at some point under the sole fact that Dak Prescott, he might be the most overrated quarterback ever. He is not a good quarterback. Amen. He's leading the league in interceptions. And Marcus looks he, upset. He, he's not that good. They are overpaying him. They oh. are overpaying him. He's not a good quarterback. They're, you should have never extended Dak Prescott. I'm sorry. But he's leading the league in interceptions. That's... Horrible. You got blown out by the Washington Commanders of all teams. They just look soft. Again, it's the Cowgirls. <laughs> Are we surprised? No. I, I'll say this before I let but, Marcus talk. You know, um, what was I going to say? Oh, if the Cowboys do win, we get a Cowboys Eagles playoff game, which is it's kind of cool. Marcus, what do you have to say about Pat's regards of Dak Prescott? I wouldn't go that far about Dak Prescott. <laughs> I mean, it's just that he's he's never that court, he's that quarterback in the regular season, but he's never that quarterback in the postseason. Which the only reason I would say he's overrated in the history of NFL is he is that's either that title either goes to Kirk Cousins or Jim McMahon. Those Jim McMahon is the most overrated quarterback in NFL history, but Dak Prescott, I mean, he could be that stud. He's on and off every then, but okay. Matter of fact, that last game, they didn't need to win that game. They was already in the playoffs. They was probably fighting for a higher seed, but that was pretty much like just a screw it game, just a screw it game. We just got to play this game, get ready for the playoffs. We don't need to win this game. But it's just that I don't like the Cowboys, but I do like Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is kind of a solid quarterback, a decent quarterback. I would say he's kind of underrated. I don't think he gets enough credit over the years as he should have been. I mean, his just statistics is historically eligible for Hall of Fame confirmation, pretty much, I'll say. Well, I would disagree. I do not like Dak Prescott. I don't think he's that good either, Pat. But, to each their own, we're not going to get into the playoff bracketology type stuff, just because we don't have that much time on today's show left, unfortunately. But we are going to get to Around the Rue, which is a question that we post on our Twitter page, and we'll post it right after the show is over, and we let you guys vote on the answer. 
This week's question is very, very simple. Who is your early Super Bowl favorite? I chose the top three that Vegas is giving right now, the top three betting favorites, and then an other. So it's Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, other. Pat, who are your early, not early, but early playoff Super Bowl winners? I think the Super Bowl itself will be a game between the San Francisco 49ers and the Buffalo Bills, and I'm going to take the Bills in it. I want Brock Purdy to win, but because the Steelers fan in me doesn't want to see another team join the six rings, I can't give it to the 49ers. i got to give it to the Bills. Plus, Bills Mafia, you know, the Bills were so bad for so long, and they finally found success in the in the recent years, and I think it's time that they deserve that they have uh, get a Super Bowl. Oh, my Super Bowl pick is the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, I got to say, about this defense, it's just because they had number one defense in the league. It's, just, it's not just number one defense in the league, but I haven't seen a defense this great since the 2015 Broncos or even those 2008 Steelers when Troy Palmalu and Ryan Clark, James Harrison mm-hmm. was out. It's that vicious of a defense. Like, it's like I've been watching this defense all year long. It's like the way they play. It's like you think they want to hurt you, but they don't mean to hurt you. They don't mean to be third. That's just the way they play. Like they just play smash mouth old school f- uh, football. Like right. they just want hit you in the mouth. And I, I think they'll play the Bengals. That's my pick from the AFC. It's like not only is it Joe Burrow and that pass attack, those receivers he has, it's just his a powerful running game has been this powerful a decade. Not only they have Joe Mixon, they have some IJP Ryan running the ball too, pounding the rock as well. And it's a defense that greatly improved from last season. So this is a much better team than last season. I can see him coming back. There you go, Marcus. My pick is going to be pretty crazy, but honestly, I don't care because it's my pick, and you guys can vote and have your picks, whatever. Make sure if it's another to leave who you think it is in the comments of the post. I have Buffalo in it. Barely, barely scratch. Well, they got, they got to beat Cincy. If Cincy beats, well, assuming Cincinnati goes, they have to beat Cincy. Assuming they do beat Cincy, but they might not, I have Buffalo versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. People who, you know, future GOAT. You can even put the Chiefs in there. And it, Either way, what I want it to be is a future GOAT quarterback. So, like, Chiefs, Burrow, Bills. You know, your all in Burrow or Mahomes versus Tom Brady in what hopefully will be his last season. Probably won't be, but hopefully will be his last season. That's what I want in the Super Bowl. I'm going to say Bills. Tampa Bay just to say something, but it's really hard to pick on that side. And I'm going to say that Tom Brady wins it, and then maybe he retires. That's what I think will happen, but there's honestly a lot of different storybook kind of finishes that the NFL can have here in this playoffs, and that's what makes it so exciting, guys, and that is going to do it for today's Sports Power Talk. Pat, do you have any closing thoughts? As always, go Zips, go Guardians, go Cavs, go Steelers, and go Arsenal. North London is red. We're going to sweep the Derby. Tottenham, they can't beat us. Go vote on Around the Rue, and uh, I'm really excited to cover some Cavs stuff tomorrow for Z88, and hopefully you guys will tune into our Twitter to check that out as well. As always, I am the man with the mullet, Alex Henry. I was joined with... Pat Weber. Marcus Anderson.
Marcus Anderson. And that will do it for today. Thank you guys for joining. Have a good one.